This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. You know, I love me some romance. I also love nerdy things. And I'm all about body positivity. So, um, super pumped to talk to today's author, Cerisia Glass, about her new book, The Love Con. Oh, I also love a reality show. It all fits. This is, this is very much one of those, like, I love all the words in this book description. And I was so excited to talk to Cerisia about her book, The Love Con, which is um, about a woman who is on a cosplay reality show. And um, she has, it's, it's towards the end of the reality show at the start of the book. She has to uh, go home. They're doing like those like hometown visit type things, you know, um, and she has to convince her roommate to pretend to be her, uh, boyfriend. Um, and I love fake romance. I mean, again, I love everything. We got cosplay conventions. We got, um, you know, Cerise and I talk about the importance of having fat, female characters in romance and having that representation. We talk about, you know, like fake romance. There's so much to love about the love con. So I hope you listen. And after listening are like, I have to go read that book right now because you should. Also, as a heads up, I was having some technical issues. So my side of the conversation is not as clear as I would um, like it to be in terms of sound quality. So I do apologize in advance for that. And just, I just did want to give a warning. If you want to get a hold of the podcast, our website is professionalbooknerds.com. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at probooknerds. And you can always email us professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Um, I don't think there's anything else. We're getting towards the end of the year. And I'm really excited for this Thursday's episode, which is best favorite books of 2021. Doing a little something different this year. It's not just me. You're not just going to hear my favorite books of the year. And obviously we don't have Adam anymore. So good times. It's good times. I'm excited. You're going to love it. Um... So I think that's it. I think that's all I got for you. So I hope you enjoyed this interview with Cerise Glass on the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Hi, Cerisia. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi. Thank you for having me. So can you start by giving our listeners a brief introduction to your new book, The Love Con? 
The Love Con is a cosplay rom-com. It's set in around a fake uh, cosplay competition reality show. And it starts with um, our heroine, Kenya, being uh, in the final round. So the final round is kind of like... um, you know, it follows some of the other reality shows where they go back home. Um, but the caveat for this is that she has to make a couple's cosplay, uh, which means she has to make a costume for herself and for her partner. The partner is supposed to be a love interest, but she is currently without a partner. So um, being put on the spot on the stage live, she blurts out her best friend's name, uh, who's also her roommate, Cameron. They have been together. Uh, they've been best friends since high school. So um, he's basically her ride or die. So she blurts out his name in hopes that she can convince him to go along with it because, you know, they have cosplayed together at various cons. So that's kind of how it starts. And um, so basically he does agree to be her fake boyfriend for this competition, which means that they have to, you know, do their PDAs and um, also there's home visits. So they have to uh, move into one bedroom together. So it's just all of this, this whole comedy of errors kind of thing as they try to, um, you know, pretend that they are in a relationship. And then somewhere along the way, the relationship starts to become a little real. So, um, yeah, because Cameron is determined that this time he's going to get the girl. Um, (laughs) He wants to be more than friends. And she's been kind of clueless that whole time. So, and it's all about them, you know, trying to get their costumes together in time and also, you know, dealing navigating the whole fake relationship to real relationship thing and dealing with their friends and family and all of that so it was a lot of fun I love it uh fake romance is my absolute favorite romance trope I love a fake romance (laughs) love it um and I'm wondering what what drew you to writing romance initially oh that's a good question um well I started by reading um science fiction and fantasy. So, you know, I started with, you know, Madeline Lingle and um, Ursula K. Le Guin and all of those stuff and Anne McCaffrey and just kind of accidentally segued into it by reading fantasy romance um, because, you know, a lot of the um, Anne McCaffrey books, there is kind of a love interest in, in some of those. So um, I just kind of liked the feeling of those and just started reading those. And once I started reading romance, I started in historical romance and fantasy romance, and then it just kind of blossomed from there. You know, you find out that there's all these subgenres and it's just amazing. And then um, I had a book habit like we all do. So I was working part-time in a Borders to nice. kind of, you know, support my book habit. And it just so happens that um, there was a group doing a signing authors doing a signing and they were romance authors and they were local I'm like wait there's Georgia romance writers and they're here and they're nice and and they're inviting me to come to the meeting I'm like oh my gosh this is so great so um joined them in what's it 97 or so um and decided that I might have a book or two in me. And in 2000, my first book came out, um, which was just a straight contemporary romance. And I've kind of been plugging along ever since. That's so fun. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> I know, like, I think sometimes, you know, you think like writers live in fancy cities like New York, really? but they're really, they're everywhere, including yeah. Georgia. <laughs> Um, you have previously written um, 
science and urban fantasy. And I imagine that both of these make you very familiar with conventions and cosplay. So is that part of the inspiration for the Love Con? Well, I, I am a nerd and I've gone to Dragon Con for more years than I want to say on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But and it's always been fun. And, you know, dressing up in costume is is something that I've always loved to do back since, you know, I was a little girl pulling a towel on my head and a cape, you know, tying a sheet around my neck and pretending that I'm a superhero. Um, So it's always been something that I've loved to do. Uh, There's not a lot of pictures of me because I hate taking pictures, Um, but it's it's been a, a lot of fun just playing dress up like that and being another character for a while, even if it's just a character out of your imagination. So uh, it took me long enough, but <laughs> I finally decided, you know, maybe I should dip into my geekery and uh, decide to, you know, write a story about one of the things I love to do. So that's kind of how the cosplay came about. And, you know, as a uh, cop playing um, plus size cosplayer and you know, blurred, uh, black nerd, um, there's been some kind of, sometimes there's pushback on, you know, you can't play that character, like the character is an actual real person instead of, right. you, know, you know, so this story kind of deals with that in a little, in some ways, um, particularly when Kenya is dealing with the judges, so I kind of wrote some of those frustrations that I and other uh, cosplayers have had also into her story, so not really autobiographical because of course I've never done I don't make my own costumes I like to source (laughs) them give other people money Um, but there's a lot of that that's in there as well yeah I'm I'm glad you um you mentioned that you know the the plus size aspect because one thing I love about this book is the cover because right from the cover we know that she is plus size and that that's sort of part of the story so for you Can you talk a little bit about the importance of having body diversity represented in romance novels? Well, yeah, uh, because I think, you know, everyone has a story and everyone has a love story, too, I think. And, you know, while diversity is definitely important, but it also is a diversity in size and shape and, you know, ability. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, we always have these elfish pixie-like heroines that are, you know, come up to the chest or, you know, the nipple of the male hero. So it's like, I wanted to write a story about regular people, you know, kind of, and regular people are a range of sizes. And so, and just because you're a plus size doesn't mean that you don't have a very active and happy sex life or love life. So I wanted to depict somebody who is comfortable in her skin, um, living her life the way she wants and getting the guy in the end. So that's pretty much (laughs) the basis of Kenya coming through. No, I love it. I, um, you know, just, a week or so, I interviewed um, romance writer Olivia Dade about her Mm -hmm. new book. And I love that there is now, like as a plus size nerd myself who loves romance, I love that there is now this sort of like, it's like its own subgenre of like convention romance books (laughs) or like nerdy romance books featuring plus size women. It's, It's so wonderful to see as a reader. Yeah, it's great you know, representation matters no matter what kind of representation it is. For sure. Um, As you mentioned, it it takes place as sort of this cosplay reality TV show. Um, How did you go about like creating this reality show um, for your book? Um, Well, 
I very lightly do reality shows. There's more, more of my reality shows are kind of like documentary type things, but um, I have looked at some, you know, um, I got sucked into 90 days, uh, the fiance one. Yep. Uh, so, and really it just sucked me in really bad. And I kind of had a habit for watching it. Um, so I was just like, you know, maybe I can mash up the, my whole cosplay thing with a reality show and just make a cosplay reality show, um, but not go into too many details on it since I'm just kind of lightly in the genre. So I decided, that's why I decided to open it at the final round because that puts a lot of pressure on um, Kenya and Cameron to kind of uh, do what they need to do. So um, yeah, it, it was... So, and of course my editor helped me out <laughs> with getting the details down. She's like, yeah, maybe we should uh, bump up the stakes. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> so how about this? And then, you know, so working with my editor on getting the concept nailed down, actually, I think definitely helped. Awesome. Yeah. It's all about, you know, when it comes to romance, it's all about upping those stakes, whatever they are. But yeah, I love that it starts at the hometown dates because when it comes or like hometown episodes because when it comes to reality shows that's such like an iconic thing that happens in so many um because right. you sort of see somebody outside of the reality show environment and and in their their sort of natural home environment it's always exactly yeah um and you know I guess sort of like what's your writing process like you know especially with romance do you sort of go in with like I said, I love fake romance. Do you like start with a trope? Do you start with the characters and then decide sort of what the trope will be? What is your process like? Oh, I am a pantser and not a plotter. So, Got it. Um, <laughs> so while I, you know, cause I, I, I sell a proposal, I kind of have a synopsis of, of how the story is going to go. And then once I start writing that gets tossed out the window. Um, it kind of still follows, you know, this is the major plot points, but then, you know, some of the stuff on the, the nuts and bolts of it are totally uh, different from what I expect. And, um, you know, usually the characters kind of dictate how they're going, but <laughs> with this one, I definitely wanted to try my hand at a, a friends to lovers kind of a trope um, and then set it in this nerd world uh, where they have all of these kind of, you know, pop culture references, uh, things that they're doing so um so again it was just kind of yeah so that was the main thing was the friends to lovers and then um and then it's like oh well since it's cosplaying well I don't I have them cosplay that they're in a relationship because that'll be fun um and then it just kind of steamrolled from there so um yeah it just kind of organically grew from the thought of best friends cosplaying in a competition and then it just kind of Oh, let's put all of this other stuff in. <laughs> this would be great. Uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I should say, like, there are, because, yeah, friends to lovers, fake romance, like you said, they have to, like, pretend they have to share. Like, there's so much to love about so many romance things happening in this book, which is wonderful. Um, and I'm wondering if you have any advice for any aspiring romance writers you might be listening right now. Well, what the first thing is don't quit don't give up your your daydream because um there are a lot of options to uh, on the road to publication the main thing is read authors in the genre that you want to write 
kind of study them and how they put their story structure together. Um, there are a wide variety of conventions where you can learn how to write. Definitely find a local group if you can, or at the very least find a critique group um, of people who are writing the same thing you are uh, that uh, can help you uh, hone your story. Um, but most definitely, above all, believe in yourself and believe in the work that you're writing. Um, it, it's very easy in this industry to have doubts. Um, I've been at it at a, for a long time and I've had doubts every single <laughs> with every single book that I've put together uh, that I've written. So um, you definitely have to have this core of believing that your book is needed and that that book can change somebody's life or touch them in a way that you can't imagine. Um, I've definitely had people come up to me and say, thank you for writing that book. And that is the best feeling in the world. Um, so for me, I would say to writers, yeah, don't give up, keep doing it and believe in yourself in the work because your story is needed. And now we'll take a quick break for word from this week's sponsor. the stresses of this last year, it's more important than ever to practice living healthier and happier lives. So what if a few moments was all it took to change your relationship with stress and anxiety, transforming your life for the better? Our thoughts can be confusing enough. Meditation doesn't have to be. Headspace is your convenient dose of meditation, mindfulness, and sleep exercises to relieve stress and anxiety and help you get a good night's sleep all in one app making it easy to catch your breath and make time for your mental health. And it's one of the most science-backed meditation apps in the world, proving meditation works. A study proves in just two weeks, Headspace can reduce your stress by 14%. Personally, I have trouble in the middle of the night when anxiety, insomnia keeps me up and my mind will not stop talking. And so I love being able to fill that voice with the voice of Headspace, which will help me have a moment of peace among my chaos of my brain and help me fall back asleep. Find some Headspace at headspace.com slash PBN and get one month free of their entire meditation library. This is the best Headspace offer available. So go to headspace.com slash PBN today. That's headspace.com slash PBN. Um, I'm curious when it came to writing this book, you said you're, you're not a plotter, you're a panther. So as you're sort of going along, were there any particular scenes or things that came out of it that surprised you, like really particularly fun to write? Um, that scene where, uh, Kenya wakes up on cam on the sofa and, um, is a little surprised with that conversation <laughs> and falls off of him and elbows him in the junk in the process. So that would, that was a surprise scene. And then just kind of how they, uh, they interact. I, I really like the way that they kind of talk and, and, and interact with each other. Um, so that kind of the coziness of their relationship based on how long they've known each other. I just really like, um, how they go to bat for each other. Um, one of the surprises was um, when Kenya was doubting that she's done anything for Cam and he just gives her this whole, whole laundry list of here's all the stuff that you have done for me. So don't think you haven't done anything for me over the years. And so I'm like, oh, <laughs> I was just kind of <laughs> like her. I was like, oh, OK, 
she has done a bunch of stuff. This is great. So, and the, yeah, so that all of those things and the little things that the things big and small that she's done for him and that he's done for her, um, all of those things actually surprise me because it's just like, these two really are ride or die for each other. I really like this. I'm glad that that is kind of coming through. So, so yeah, all of that was a surprise, believe it or not. No, I think that's, I think that's great to hear because, um, you know, I just, just like this idea that like the right, like the, the writer doesn't necessarily create the characters whole cloth. Like you don't necessarily know everything about them. And especially if you're a panther and just like making it up as you go along, um, the characters really can surprise you and drive the story a lot in ways that you did not expect. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I feel like, and, and especially with like friends, like a friend to lover story, like you said, like they've known each other for so long that like finding out things about them that only really good friends would know is so wonderful to see with these characters um, and watching that relationship develop into something more. Agreed. Yeah, I just the, that whole process. I mean, to me, that's like the best thing about being a pantser is really discovering the characters and discovering who they are, what they like, um, their loves, their the things that they've gone through. That whole experience is just it's like, you know, digging in the dirt and finding the gold mine. So yeah. I just really enjoyed that whole process. Um, now I, I should, I do kind of want to ask, I know you said that you've done cosplay before, so I'm just wondering if you could maybe share like what you've cosplayed or who you've cosplayed as. Um, not particular character. Well, except for I did, um, ISIS one time. So I had the mm, whole, nice. the whole Egyptian thing, the collar, the headdress, uh, the, her golden wings, all of that. So I did that for, at a fan convention. I've done, you know, pirate winches. Oh, because I also... <laughs> That journey actually started uh, for sure at the Georgia Renaissance Festival. Yeah. A friend of mine took me to that and I just thought, oh my God, look at all these noble people and tavern winches. And it's like, oh, this is great. Let me buy a corset. Let me buy this dress. Let me, and then I just started the whole shopping spree that way. Um, so definitely a lot of uh, Renaissance cosplay. Um, done some steampunk. I still have some of my steampunk gear here. Um, Cause that was a lot of fun. Um, and then just kind of one that I wanted to do and one that I regret not doing is I was going to do Mrs. Fredericks from Warehouse 13. I don't know if you remember that show. It was on sci-fi for a while, um, basically about this magical warehouse and these artifacts that through history that they had to capture, that these agents had to capture and bring back to the warehouse. So um, Eddie McClintock was playing one of the agents on that show and their boss was basically... Um, Mrs. Frederick. So she she was a black woman. She had glasses. She had her hair up in braids, and she had this purple suit. So I had this purple suit, and I had my hair in, in braids, and I had glasses like she did. The only thing I didn't have was like the Farnsworth that they used to capture the, the stuff and get information about it. And I was in an elevator, and he got on the elevator, and I'm like oh my God, I should have worn that costume. It would have been absolutely perfect. We could have taken a picture. And so I regret that to this day that I did not do my Mrs. Frederick's costume because it would have been 
really easy to put together, but for some reason I just did not do it. And I regret that still. <laughs> That's a lesson. If you have a cosplay idea, always wear it. Yes. You never know <laughs> who you might run into. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> but I I feel like Renaissance festivals where it starts for a lot of people. Um, I don't cosplay, but there's just something about going to a Renaissance festival and being like immersed in this kind of world. And you like, you feel out of place if you're not dressed. Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm wearing jeans. <laughs> Does that work? <laughs> Right? It's like, you know, being in jeans and a t-shirt walking around with a turkey leg, you just feel, <laughs> you know, you just feel wrong. So it's like, okay, I'm going to come back and I'm going to be in a costume waving my turkey leg around and then I'll fit in because almost everybody else is in it. And then you see like the regular um, go uh, festival goers, they're dressing up and then there's all these shops and you're like, well, heck, let yeah. me stick my regular clothes in a backpack and, and get to dressing up. Yeah, because it also is all about the corsets. The corsets yes. are the best part, I think. Yes. You know, I like holding my junk in. I, I, there's a <laughs> lot, you know, around here that needs to be subdued. So so the corsets make that um, a lot prettier to do. So, you know, <laughs> I'd rather do corset than Spanx, that's for sure. So. Oh, yeah, I, I'm with <laughs> you there. <laughs> I'm with you there. Um, you had, when I asked about advice for aspiring romance writers, you mentioned, like, reading a lot of romance so I'm, I'm wondering like what like who are some of your favorite romance authors oh wow uh, ooh, I know I it's, it's a hard spot. question oh my gosh <laughs> um I'm probably going to butcher some people's names um uh, Farrah Roshan uh Nalini Singh I, I can't oh mm -hmm. I sorry Nalini I hope I did not butcher your name too badly um oh gosh um I know I put you on the spot. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Um, I know because I, I have so many friends who are writing romance and are slaying it. And if I don't mention them, I'm probably going to get angry emails or at least angry chats and Facebook. Um, oh, Lord. It's yeah, okay. Jackson is, it, I really love her How to Marry Keanu Reeves in 90 Days oh, and her nice. Real Men Knit. Both of those were great books. I really enjoyed those. Uh, Olivia Dade is one, just her, those books um, just, oh, they were so yeah. wonderful. Jen DeLuca, because, you know, she's got the, 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 the mm -hmm. Renaissance ones. So, um, oh my gosh, um, there were so many, and so many in paranormal and urban fantasy too. Um, I love uh, Patricia Briggs. Um, I actually got to sit next to her at Dragon Con. I was fangirling <laughs> <laughs> a little too much, um, but we, I got through the panel sitting next to her and that was just great. Um, yeah, there, there are tons. There are so many great authors out there that my to be read pile, on, you know, is on my Kindle is almost, you know, the Kindle's overloaded. So it, there's just so many great ones out there and there's something for everybody, which I really like. So no matter what you're um, looking for, there's something out there. So, um, but those are the ones that actually stand out the most for me right now now you asked me two weeks from now yeah, it'll, I know. Be a different, it'll be a different story uh i know i know i understand <laughs> well i just have one final question which is what do you hope to take away from reading the love con 
Um, I hope that people, um, that's, that's a good question. Um, deep thought time. Um, I want people to take away from this that um, your found family can be just as important as your blood family. So um, your friends uh, and you know friends who become lovers and all of that are part of your foundation. Um, it's important to accept who you are, embrace your talents, um, and do what you want to do, even if there are people who are making you doubt what you want to do. Because Kenya had that coming from multiple sides, and I think the um, the part with her family kind of hurt her the most. But she did have Cam with her, who was helping build her up. So definitely find the people who are going to build you up, not tear you down. Um, regardless of who those are. So those people are the important ones to keep close to you. Um, live your dream. Um, don't be afraid to do what it takes to make your dream come true. Um, and definitely have that support network. So I want them to come, come away with that, um, that there's nothing wrong with chasing your dream. There's nothing wrong with having people about around you who will help you chase your dream. And love comes in all shapes and sizes. So don't be afraid to... Uh, go out there and grab it with both hands. Love it. Teresa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast to chat with me. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen Podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Jill Grunenwald and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Neglia, and I am the host of the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Film Entertainment Awards website, Next Best Picture. On our show, we explore all year long what is possibly going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. We do this by conducting interviews with people within the film industry, holding weekly reviews of the latest theatrical releases, and on our main show, where we dive into various different topics, answer your fan questions, and also do our best to explore Oscar history's past in hopes that it will tell us something new for this upcoming award season race. We hope that you will join us on all of the various podcasting networks. We look forward to seeing you over at nextbestpicture.com.